0: Welcome, everybody, to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 205. Wow. I'm joined this week and every week, my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes NASA look good, who makes science look good, the man who makes streaming look good, the man who makes Spawn for Good look good, the man who makes mini Froze look good, the man who makes gaming look great. It is Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. I've I've I finally cleared the hurdle of uh, being sick. Um, not hundred percent, but you know I'm good. Good, maybe eighty five or ninety. So I can like do all my tasks. It just leaves me super drained um, at the end of the day. But um, you know I'm I'm feeling good, man. I'm I'm happy to be back in the mix. Ball um, well, for good definitely took a lot out of me. I'm glad I got sick after that because that would because that would not that that would not have been fun uh, streaming all weekend uh, you know hacking up phlegm but uh, oh
0: ooh, yuck yeah yeah, yeah. but
1: but but uh I know you reported earlier that um you know that I streamed for about 36 hours or so and yeah. I will say that I I played through and beat several Super Nintendo games I would never played before and it was a great time chat was great um, still waiting to get the donation amounts to see what we raised. Um, but yeah it would just just, uh, just 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 because I wasn't on last week I want to personally thank everybody for all the help all the good jokes um, and all the support as well.
0: Word word looking real stylish too I like that jacket that jacket is looking funky fresh and fly as the young kids say
1: yeah hey man this this is the uh, the Mass Effect Andromeda uh, shirt. Which uh, I have some love for, it, man. Like I know it was my, it, it was my most disappointing game last year, but that's only because I expected so much of it. I did finish it, um, and you know there were some dope characters, and I like the swag. So like this, this, this is my uh, um, my uh, that like I got in, in my Mass Effect box. So you yeah, know. word.
0: Yeah. Speaking of swag, we're gonna intro our other host. It is. Tanya, the pass, the person who brings you all the diversity that you can handle up in this world, up in this piece. She added swag to diversity in a way that no one has ever done before. It is Tanya the pass. How are you doing, Tanya?
2: I'm good. I'm just cracking up because Reef's got his Andromeda swag on. I've got my N7 jacket on, so we're uh, we're matching. I could just go run and get my Andromeda hoodie, and then you you'll be left
3: out.
0: Uh, you,
2: now you're gonna be left out. You need to get on our level.
0: I can't do it. I I can't. I'm not. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I have to try to figure out how to add some extra stuff. I'm rocking right now a uh, uh, N plus MetaNet uh, T shirt right now that has all the kind of like mazes and stuff they put in the game. So we're like all donned up with gamer apparel right now. It's it's kind of <laughs> dope actually. It's all payola, <laughs>
1: man. We're, we're we're all getting paid for for this, man. It's payola.
0: Oh yeah. It's payola. We yeah. I yeah, I didn't man. know you made. Damn, Tanya, you making that Bioware money? All them, checks, right? all them checks, right? All them checks are coming in. Cash. Them. Find out. I haven't made not one. Well, actually, that's not true. They did pay me when I worked for them, so that's not true. I was gonna I say. Did, did pay actually did get paid. Thank you, Medanette. I love y'all. I actually I actually really rock with them. They rock. they were super dope. I love them actually a whole bunch. Um, thank you everybody again for hanging out and coming through this week. Uh it is Thursday again. We have come back for another one, episode 205. Thank you for listening this week and every week uh, when you come through and hang out with us. Uh, it was a lot of fun last week getting in some predictions on the end of the show. Last week we're gonna do a little bit of that because Reef and Tanya didn't get a chance to tell their predictions for Uh, for 2018. But first, we're going to dig into some of the news of the day. This week has been pretty full of cool stuff. Um, Some of those stories are actually pretty interesting, and we wanted to share some of those with you. Um, Reef, I know that you have put together the docket for this week. Again, uh, if you want to dig into the first story of this week, uh, we can jump right into it.
1: Sure. Um, So the first story deals with everyone's Favorite topic of 2017, which is also everybody's favorite topic of 2018, uh, monetizing games, loot boxes, Woo! blind boxes, paying for DLC, all that stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. Now, you know, there's been a conversation specifically with, you know, Battlefront 2 and Destiny 2 and Shadow of War, all that stuff where, you know, how much is too much? That's essentially, um, you know, what the conversation has been, right? Um, and I think most people do recognize that games have become more expensive, and they stayed at that in that at that sixty dollar price point, while customers have been demanding, you know, better graphics, better sound, longer stories, all that stuff, right? <clears throat> so I found this um, report called Project Horseshoe, um, sort of a game design think tank, um, and they developed this this um, report that was basically called. Um, ethical video game monetization. Um, hmm. and, and, uh, there, there were some people from electronic arts from, uh, for Axis. Um, so like there was, there was like a nice mix of like people in and outside the industry that contributed to, to, to this. And they basically say like, look, like this has to happen. How do we do it ethically? You know? Hmm. Um, and, and, and like I thought that like they had like some pretty good ground rules um the main ground rules that they had here were players should never regret purchasing a, a piece of uh content um mm-hmm. companies should never lie to their players about what the content is um, um and don't uh change the player contract mean, meaning like don't like deliver something and then change how it works after the fact um don't set expectations that are not delivered on which is a really tough one because especially on a marketing standpoint everybody wants to promise like the world for everything (laughs) you know um and one that i really like the adverbia shoe was respect your players investments don't take hostages you know Um, and, and like what this was, I basically saying is that we know that people have emotional connections to, to, uh, games and it's basically like respect that and don't take advantage of it by trying to extract as much money as, like, as possible by like playing on those emotions. And we know obviously that, you know, these are all for-profit companies with shareholders and that's their first you know, every company, the first thing in their reports is, is increase shareholder value. But at the same time, there's ethics to any company, out. not only games that you don't do that at the expense of certain things. So I like that they're kind of laying down some like a ground rules as a saying, you know, <clears throat> don't basically sell the soul of your company just to try to make, um, you know, all all these things. And they and 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 like I'm not gonna read the whole report, but the rest of it is where they basically go over the uh, different kinds of of ways that like currently exists, and it tells you how to do it in a ethical way. And um, I think that the most important ones are obviously like the loot boxes. And one part that I really like, I want to read. Verbatim, it says, players may not know exactly what they get from a loot box on a given open, but they should know what value to expect and that value should be delivered. Random elements can be fun and exciting and there are situations in which randomness enhances a purchase. However, when randomness is used to hide an item's true value or confuse players as to what they are really getting for their money, that player is being lied to and an ethical line has been crossed. Extremely variable loot box values can also be be perceived as gambling, which may invite government investigation. Which I don't think anyone wants the government to start telling us how to make games.
0: That's um, exactly what I want.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so uh, want to throw it out to uh, you guys. I'll start with Tanya. Do you think that it's possible for companies to balance that line of ethics versus trying to gank you for all your money via, uh, you know?
2: S- several kinds of, like, monetization. Uh, yeah, because they have to realize that, you know, one, they, I always had issues with the whole ethical or the unethical part of, we're going to rely on this very small subset of people who are spending all of this money, especially in the free-to-play games, things like that, where it's like, you know, they uncharitably call them whales, um, to, to fund a lot of the stuff that other players may get or that, you know, goes into the game. I think it's possible and I think it's about transparency of you have X percent chance to get, let's say, this Overwatch skin. You know you're spending your money, but let's say you got a 10 percent chance to get that one McCree skin you want, for an example. And and it's cosmetic. It's not You're not literally paying to win. Because we know, I mean, we can rehash the whole EA thing and how people were mad about that. Mm. And I think if there's transparency, if I know, okay, I'm going to give Overwatch 10 bucks. And I've got a 50-50 chance to get a skin I want or a weapon I want or something. And I know that going in, then that's on me to spend that money. The only thing I would push back on from that report would be not disappointing the player or the regret part. Because regret isn't always tied to, I spent money, I didn't get what I wanted. Because you may spend the money and it's not what you thought it was going to be. It's not gonna be, oh, I bought this thing, I bought this weapon, I bought this cosmetic, and it's not quite what I expected, so therefore I have regret. Because if I have if I have a wrong expectation, that's on me as the player. Now if I if I know going into this, I let's say I spend twenty bucks on five loot boxes, and I expect a weapon or a special character or whatever, and I don't get it, it's still a chance, it's still randomized. There's no guarantee unless they can say, if you spend $100, you'll definitely get these two characters, this rare weapon, whatever it is that you're coming to get, then, uh, then you know, that transparency of what needs to be, that's where, me the, that's where for me the ethics comes in. Say, if you spend 5 10 15 your chances go up exponentially, and then if right. you spend hundred, then we're gonna guarantee you get blah blah blah. That one golden loot box, you're gonna definitely get one of these epic whatever. Yeah, yeah, and and, and
1: like I've seen di- different systems kind of experiment w- with that as well. Um, I know that um, in reading a lot of the recent like Destiny Two updates, that there's been talk that you know that like they will kind of slightly increase your chance to get something if you don't get it on on the first kind of their version of loot box which is like the bright Ingrams um until you do get it um and like I have seen in like uh other games where like the more that you pay for a box it'll it'll say like one guaranteed high level thing and random chances at like other stuff so I I I do uh, agree with you that like mixing it up you know and like kind of making that trans transparent is like a good way you know to uh, do it um Ka what's What's your thoughts on um, ethics of of monetization? Is it possible? First,
0: first of all, I wanted to thank you for introducing the uh, economic uh, uh, idea of ganking. Uh, hey. I wanted that to be I want that to be a thing that gets taught in Econ one hundred and one. Yeah, <laughs> it's like supply demand and then gank. Um, but I, it's one of the, one of the things that kind of stood out from the article that that you shared was the. Um, the first one, actually, the first point that they kind of brought up was that players should not regret purchasing uh, some of the, some of these items. And I, I don't understand that part of the game. And I feel like that's an unreasonable thing to ask for. Like, I, I know that it's a thing that you would want in an altruistic kind of in, a, in an altruistic kind of world. But there's no way that you can possibly have that be a thing within like your guidelines of kind of staying ethical when. We all know that, you know, being in this industry that you have to battle unrealistic expectations all the time, right? So you have to battle unrealistic expectations. You have to battle uh, um, un- um, uh, misinformation. You have to battle all these other factors that play into how people get their information and absorb it and say, if you're not um, abiding by that stuff, you may be crossing ethical lines, which I don't, I don't think that's like, it's, it's just a hard line to kind of, not cross when you have to deal with some of those things. Um, and you find it in most places that, you know, I think most developers, when they're trying to go through the process of making their games or when they're talk, talking about monetizing some of this stuff, and there was an, a really interesting argument uh, on my timeline yesterday where uh, there was a game that's been getting a lot of love on, on Twitch lately. I forgot the name of it, and one of the devs came out And basically said this tweet that was like, um, it's really, uh, basically he was saying that streamers should understand what it's like to try to grind your way up from the bottom. And he didn't understand why they wanted to ask for free codes as opposed to spending the $15 for for that particular game that he was a part of. And it's like, that's an ethical part in there, right? Where it's like, that developer wants people to kind of um, engage with their game and have... People uh, embrace it, but also was like, if these people who are asking for stuff for free aren't willing to do his stuff for free, then I, I'm, I'm a little bit opposed to it. This, so it's like there's this is weird balancing act that has to go along with um, trying to figure out how you want your ethics to be displayed and shared while actually butting up against the real world ramifications and the real world practices that we all see in the space. So it's, it's a hard deal. It's smart. It's, not, it's a smart idea. I just don't think it's practical.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah I, I think the reason behind reports like this is you set the ideal, right? And then you drive mm. to it. If, if you get to it, you just try to get as close to it as possible. I agree that um, with uh, both you guys that there's so many things outside of your control that can mm-hmm. lead to a player feeling cheated or regret it. But you have to do everything on your end to To like avoid it, um, and and the way that they specifically talk about like regret in that paragraph is that they say when like a player spends more than they can really afford. Now that's completely out of control of the game, right? Like like I don't know how much is in your bank account, <laughs> right? You, you know. Um, now the second thing is when an item's true value is less than anticipated, and anticipated is a curious one because you know even if even if say Bungie in their developer update says, this will be this, there will be people say, well, but can it be this? I will disappoint it because even though you said it would be that I wanted it to be this, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. even hard to control. So, so I, I do agree that like, this is the ideal, but I think it's important to have stuff to strive toward as a company, um, because you're going to get constant pressure to say, yo we got to make this money. We got to do these shareholders. We got to see these uh, targets. So you also have to have pressure on the other side saying, yo, we got to think about these, these like other things. So, I mean, I, 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 I like the idea. I think ethics has uh, obviously become a big part of like various industries from, you know, sort of banking and home after the housing crisis from, you know, after Enron or whatever, all those like, Oil stuff. Every time something big and messed up happens, there's always you know, um, you know this kind of discussion in that industry. And I think we've reached that point where you know players are like, "Yo, this is crazy," and it's tanked, you know, things from EA with Battlefront and Activision from Destiny. Like it's it's directly affected their value and stock prices and stuff like that. So so like I think now we're gonna get some movement. And my hope is that companies have if not documents like this that they have at mm-hmm. least the conversations on the executive levels that say like hey we really need to put this as a as a priority
0: well my question to both of you is when was the last time or was there a last time or recent time where you felt like you bought some dlc or you bought some content in a game that you really liked or or wanted to try and you felt like it did it did cross an ethical line and didn't kind of uh, uh, play up to some of the rules that rules that are in uh this document do you, do you have any examples of stuff like that tanya in, in your recent gaming uh stuff
2: um it might be stuff in destiny too and i i have spent actual money on destiny 2 like one time yeah. and yeah. it was kind of like i got a lot of stuff for value of a lot of stuff you know real money versus game currency but none of it was useful and, and I think mm. maybe that's where they were trying to get at with the regret part. Yeah. Because, okay, I've given you 10 actual US dollars for these in-game credits, and I knew there was a chance on what I'd get, but none of it was, even cosmetically, nothing was anything I really was just like, oh, I got this cool, like, I almost called it a duster, I can't remember the right word for <laughs> shader that's it like i got a cool shader and some color i'm gonna like hoard or whatever it's like because i just feel like there are a lot of things in destiny where people are like oh my god i must have it but you can grind for it and get it so right you know and it was only ten dollars i know there are people who probably spend a lot more on like in-game currency but at the mm-hmm. end of the day it's still intangible it belongs to destiny and bungie and these other people because they shut all this shit down tomorrow, all that money people spent is gone. Yeah, right. So there's right. the intangible part of of all of this that I don't think people are looking at, where I spent all this money on loot boxes, whatever, and with a, at least a game like Destiny or Overwatch, where let's say something catastrophic happens and those games shudder in a week. All of right. that money, all of those things are gone. You have nothing. Mm. So it's true. You know, everybody's talking about loot boxes. What it I mean, look at music and iTunes and what they did with you don't actually own this. We're gonna give you this YouTube album, even if you don't want it, and things like oh, that. Yeah, Where's that's it? right.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah I still that. have that album on my phone to this day. <laughs> they just gave it to you. They said here. They were like, Here's a shitty <laughs> YouTube album. Right,
2: so what if they decide this is like uh what was the gauntlet that they pulled out of Destiny Two because it turned out there was like Something equivalent or like tied to hate hate groups. Oh, right. right,
1: right, right. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like one, one of the pieces of armor had one of those like white supremacist logos or it was very right. like double
0: K's back to back. Yeah. right.
1: It was very similar to it. I don't think it was actually
2: that. So think was... about that, the intangibility of all of this. And like, what if it's someone who spent like a thousand dollars or 500 or 100 and for whatever reason they say, you know what? This content's no good or there's something wrong with it. And we pulled it. Am I getting my money back because I've invested in your game and now you've pulled that content that I have spent virtual roulette with actual money trying to get.
0: I kind of want to hear the conversation when you have to like put in your complaint and you're like, yo, I really wanted this racist gauntlet. I appreciate (laughs) the fact you took this racist gauntlet out of the game. I was really enjoying this racist gauntlet. How could you do that to me? That's fucked up. I want my money back. <laughs> I, want to, I want to hear that in the customer support channel. Like, what do
2: you like, do you know? at that point? You're like, I'm sorry. We won't let you be a racist in this game. Here's your $5 <laughs> back. What do you want?
0: Right, right, right. Reef, did you have anything in your in your, uh, in your your space, too, that you felt like you might have gotten, you know, uh, cheated out of an experience or cheated out of uh, your money in some way?
1: Uh, I think cheated is a strong word. I don't know if I felt cheated, but I've definitely... Been disappointed in DLC, but I I'm very picky. I, I don't buy season passes. I know some people buy them automatically. I only buy yeah. them for games I really really like. And like I'm like if I take the L, I I can't complain. So mm. like for Destiny, I bought the season pass. For the Division, I bought the season pass. For Mafia Three, I bought the season pass. But for like most games, I don't because I'm like yo, I really like I gotta I don't know like I I. I, I can't guarantee that I'm going to be that into the game when you roll out your second DLC a year from now. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm not prepaying fifty dollars on that gamble. I think the last time I was really disappointed, I guess, was with um, God. Which Call of Duty was it? I believe it was. Um, it wasn't like World War Two. I think it was. It was. It was the uh, the Kevin Spacey one, which just reminds me I should
3: oh. play that
1: again. Just because. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Kevin Spacey gets thrashed and dies, um, so I'd like to see him die virtually, just like. You know. Damn. Yeah. Hey. He's, wow. Yeah. He's a bad Damn. person. He's a bad person, y'all. He's a bad bad person. Um, I'm
0: clipping. I'm clipping just that part of the show with no
1: context. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember on that one, and I usually never buy the Call of Duty. DLC stuff, but, like, I did, um, you know, I, like, bought some, and, you know, they gave you, you know, a couple maps, a couple new weapons. I mean, I could see if you play it every day, cool. But for somebody that occasionally jumps in, it was just totally not worth it. I was like, that's it? You know? But, like, I can understand, if you play a game every day, then adding a few new weapons makes a huge difference, you know? And, like, adding a a, a few new maps makes a uh, huge difference so i i I just don't buy dlc unless i'm like super super into a game um and that's not many not many yeah it's
0: it's really hard to determine sometimes like what i will what i will perceive as a bad purchase when it comes to certain things because i kind of give developers for the most part um benefit of the doubt that they're trying to do some some good work or uh some of the some of the things that are coming are going to be worth the money that I'm going to spend But it's I, I'm still I'm like forever in that in that camp of like Buyer beware is a real thing like you have to be paying attention and be an informed consumer about you know thinking about both past practices and you know is that game going to be uh, Worth the extra money that you're going to be paying for content that you really don't understand what you're gonna get so like Uh, A Call of Duty game, I can purchase, uh, I can purchase um, a pack or some DLC packs, but I know what I'm going to get. I know I'm more than likely getting just maps, right? And maps are fine. Like, I know that's the thing I'm going to get. DLC that comes along with like a sports game or uh, sometimes even uh, single player games. Most times those things don't really do anything. Like they're not gonna be extra stuff that's gonna be really um, good for the for the consumer or good for the player. It's not gonna be enough things that's gonna actually equate what that stuff is gonna wind up being. So it's like again, like buyer be, buyer beware is 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 a real thing. Um, I think that's the thing that we have to we have to kind of think about, and um, we have to be really uh, particular about those things so that you don't feel like you got cheated out of your money. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So uh, we are going to move on to the next story of the show. Uh, This one, this one I actually really liked. Uh, It was one that was on Kotaku. Uh, It was talking about what keeps you from starting games that you already own. That was a really interesting topic to bring up because I know that my pile of shame currently is deep. My pile of shame is no joke right now. I have so many games that I have not kind of either started or gone back to or have really dug into and started the process of going through uh, because I feel like I just don't have enough time, but that's not just my reasoning. Um, What are some of those games that you kind of feel like you have that, that hesitancy to kind of jump into first? Uh, Tanya, I want to go to you first on this one, because I think you and I have a (laughs) huge pile of shame that we've been, we, we hint at all the time of like, how the hell are we going to get this thing done? Uh, yeah, so what are some of those games that you kind of feel like you're, you're afraid to jump into at first?
2: My, my pile of shame is behind this green screen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why it's really there. Um, huh. October 27th, 2017 is why nobody started any new games. Um, I'm sure that Paris, who's in the chat, will agree. It felt like everything under the sun came out that day and kind of started this domino effect of... There's either DLC for a game I'm not done yet. Or in my case, I got to switch like 20 years late after everybody else. So I'm catching up. Um, And also, I've been going back to old games. I've actually been replaying Skyrim. I've been replaying Mafia 3. (laughs) Um, You know, I I hopped on other games because it's almost overwhelming. And, you know, folks know like, Either you got a job, we have the podcast, I travel, I write. And I feel like with new games, I want to sit down and give it my full attention. Um, And too often I have to kind of get through a game to either talk about it or write about it. And it just feels like there was this like cavalcade of games that just came out. And they're just kind of either sitting there or I want them. And it's almost like in like too much choice that paralysis you get when there's too much choice, and you're just yeah. like, where do I go? What do I start? And uh, you know, like I'm not done with Breath of the Wild. I'm not done with what didn't what everything came out on October twenty seventh, um, and it's all the holidays, and a lot of it is also just kind of. And this is me being a curmudgeon, and I know I'm being a curmudgeon, I freely admit it. <laughs> but when games get a lot of hype, it kind of kills it for me. And because mm. I also stream, there's that added part of if I stream something, I don't I don't want to be that person that's like literally streaming the same game that everyone is streaming. Like I'm sure tomorrow or midnight at twelve oh one, whatever time zone everyone and their mother is going to be streaming Monster Hunter World.
0: Everybody. And
2: I want to play it and I'm going to enjoy it, but it's a lot like there's just too much. And it's like, I'd rather go back to an old favorite and chill with that. Like give me Skyrim, give me Dragon Age two. I can play that. I cannot think too hard about it. Instead of having to also feel like we have to keep up and catch up. Because of what we do, right. there's a lot of, if you're not current, then you're then you're behind or whatever. And while I want to keep up on news, there's only so many hours in the day.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. You know,
2: like some of the chats talking about they haven't started Persona 5. I got that as a gift. I've got it. I played like three hours and it was just like, I'm never going to finish <laughs> this game. Ever. I want
1: to play that. I don't even have it. I want to play it.
2: Right? Like, I've got Word. it. Like, you know, talking about you haven't finished assassin's creed origins and it and also i just think there's this rush to finish games i'd be like i finished it and i'm gonna go play it on the hardest mode ever nope yeah no look look no (laughs) like regular difficulty on xcom 2 was kicking my ass last night (laughs) you know like so many team wipes and you know i don't know Uh what it is it's like this i finished it I, i can talk about it and it's like you just blew through a sixty-five-dollar game in like twenty hours.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Why? So you know, there's also that I'm not in a race. I'll play the game when I play it. Yeah, right. But that's me.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I can feel I can feel you on that old the old game tip because I've been enjoying Skyrim so much, and I think part of it is, after playing sort of Witcher three, Horizon, Breath of the Wild, kind of kind of like the new generation of Skyrim games. I can almost appreciate Skyrim more because it came out so long ago. And it, Mm. I mean, it's super clunky and glitchy and all that stuff. But man, like, I feel like I really, I wasn't as into it when it originally came out. Like I played it, but I didn't quite get it. And now I I get it, man. And, And I'm finding so much stuff in that game that I didn't even come close to finding when I first played it. I mean, it almost feels like a brand new game to me. And I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, That's dope. That's but dope. but I did open up my Steam list <laughs> just to see a few of the recent games that I own that I have not not even played once. Um, Doki Doki Literature Club, uh, Hollow Knight, Night in the Woods. Oh I've,
0: man, you haven't played Hollow Knight. I played Hollow Knight. Wow. Uh,
1: uh, Near Automata, not played. Um, Hellblade, have not played. Um, and that's without like scrolling down.
2: Wow. <laughs> right? I'm not even gonna so, talk like, about how many games I got.
1: Yeah, and and like these are all games that you know they were in people's game of the year lists and top things, but I just could not get to them. I mean, it took me so much energy to beat Assassin's Creed and Wolfenstein, which I did in like January. Mm-hmm. Sorry, well, it's still January, but uh this month, um it took me like a like a huge effort to do that and you know it's, it's just been I mean another part of it is you know just because the nature of my job because I'm so mobile that you know I do a lot of gaming on the switch now you know so so it's like that's where a lot of my gaming has like happened. so like a lot of my PC games and my PS4 games have like have like suffered a bit but yeah and like even games that came out a while ago like Injustice 2 I have not played no idea wow. why I haven't played that game I love Injustice 1
0: it's so good. I
1: played the Injustice Two beta for a while. I I just I just missed it. I just didn't have time. I was like, man, there's twenty thousand games out. So twenty eighteen is gonna be the year where I play twenty seventeen games um, <laughs> because because honestly, there's not oh there's oh and um Xenoblade Two on the Switch haven't started yet, and that's like a God knows how long Japanese RPG um, right. So, like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like there's not that many new games coming out where I'm like, I have to play this. I mean, there's definitely high-profile ones, like your God of Wars and uh, Sea of Thieves and stuff, but there's nothing mm-hmm. where I'm like, I got to drop everything and play it. So honestly, I honestly think, at least for the first half of the year, I'm going be focusing on these older games, um, you know? Yeah. That
0: makes sense. I mean, I, I have my polish aim, too, and I'm still trying to boogie my way through Half of that stuff it I the the thing that's keeping me hesitant from really adding new things to my list is because I feel like I just haven't given those games enough love already like I still have it was fun, interesting to hear other people in Retrospect talk about games that I thought were crappy and talk about them in glowing terms And then I was like wait a minute. Maybe I should go back and check that game out like people who I respect their opinions somebody was like oh, yeah Mass, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda wasn't that bad People gave it a raw deal and I'm like, did they give it a raw deal or was it like you're just like hyping it up because you are like contrarian or you or you just really stand for a thing. But I didn't give that game any love at all when it came time to play it. And I feel like I can't really give that game, you know, reasonable marks or, or reasonable once over without having like really gone through it and played it. So I have to try to figure out time to, to add that into the mix. And then there's like that plus just having your usual games that you have in your rotation. like I know I have like my before I go to bed games. Uh, people have heard me talk about how I like all the really bad, terrible uh, stressful games before I go to bed. like I'll play Fortnite before I go to bed. Uh, like Battle Royale. I'll play like Darkest Dungeon before I go to bed. Like, I'll play Paragon before I go to bed. It's like all these games that I should not be playing that will stress you the hell out. <laughs> uh, I, those, are, those are the games I usually kind of play before I go to sleep. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting time to see what's going to happen in 2018 with, again, it feels like there's a lot of heavy hitters in 2018. It doesn't seem like we're going to get the volume that we had in 2017, though, so far. And I think that's going to be a blessing for everyone's hands and their brains and their eyes and their wallet, (laughs) and like your and their wallet because it has been madness for the past for the past year. Twenty seventeen was like bringing the ruckus real, real hard. So we'll see. Is there anything that uh uh you said Reef? You were talking about near automata. What what is your what is your game that you feel like if you were to go back right now? and say, I'm going to dedicate, I'm going to drop everything else that I already have and I'm playing, what's going to be the game that you're like, of that list, that you feel like you would jump into first?
1: I think it'd probably be Nier. Um, Just because, you know, I mean, I, I typically agree with most of the Giant Bomb crew. They had Nier pretty high up. And I've heard pretty divisive stuff on Nier. I've heard that it's like sort of a game that you love, even though it has a lot of flaws. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm also a sucker for things about robots and androids and that kind of stuff. Um, so it's, it's definitely, you know, I, I never played the first game in the series, so I don't have any attachment to it, but it just seems to tell a good story, not only about robots, but like humanity, which I think sounds like cool. Um, so that would probably be the first one because honestly, that's what I did with Wolfenstein. So many people were talking about Wolfenstein. I was like, I gotta see what is going on here because even though I enjoyed Wolfenstein The New Order I didn't think it was like this like you know super super great story but The New Colossus did, did ramp it up a notch um yeah. and like uh Origins I just had to play through and I was very very happy with that um as well I I almost wish I could have finished these last year cuz it might have affected some of my uh, votes during our Game of the Year show but it's yeah, like it's, it's like you only got so much time like what are you what are you going to do
0: yeah tanya what about you any any anything that comes to the top of your mind about your 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 pile of shame that you might want to dig into in 2018 right off the bat
2: um i actually want to get back to near and oh what else because it just feels like there was so much um i'm gonna say this is probably gonna shock people but i do want to try Mm. cuphead oh nice word. i do because here's the thing, I
0: I will buy you a copy of Cuphead. Okay, you
2: know my Steam ID. Buy it right now. <laughs> buy it right now. I will,
0: right buy, now. You I will buy you a copy. I will buy um, you a copy. Gift you a copy. Li- of live podcast
2: purchase. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I feel like it should be a thing that comes up as a notification on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Gifted Cuphead. I'm not you. the
2: one streaming. What? But but, he, but yeah, here's my true. justification for it. And I know people are probably gonna be like, "You talked all that shit about Cuphead." <laughs> thing is, I don't dislike hard games. I Remember, we grew up with Frogger and Contra one life. Mm-hmm. It's not that I hate hard games. But I have watched enough people play it. I may or may not stream it. I don't know because I don't want to hear anybody's shit if I stream it. Um,
3: <laughs> but if somebody buys me a
2: copy, I may do it. Um, but people I respect and people that I know, like Danny... From Gamertag and other folks have played it. My issue was always the cult like adoration that was rising up around it. The way that people were treating it like a new Dark Souls, and the if you don't play it, you're not a real gamer. That was always my issue with it, not the game unto itself and being hard because every game isn't for everybody. So, I, you know, for me, it's also that challenge of kind of going back to my roots. Going back to something mm-hmm. like Contra or, you know, Castlevania or, Go- you no know, Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls and Ghosts, yes. where we played all those hard-ass games and that's all we had to play. So, right, right, Danny? And it's like, it's also a test for me. So it's not that I ever hated the game. And that's where I think a lot of people got confused.
0: I'm with you on that, though, because that, that was a turnoff to me, too. And I was one of those people who was like, yo, this game is gonna, This game is great. I love the fact that it's hard uh i wish people would kind of you know get, you know i wish people would kind of engage with the the hard parts of it and you know take that challenge on uh but i can totally see how that that extra layer of it definitely was yeah. kind of gross and it, and that's the thing that, that again that's like the part of get good culture that no one likes it's a dumb thing it's a dumb thing in, in and of itself and uh once it gets magnified like that it's not fun for anybody um but speaking of hard things, hard thing that we are going to do is we are going to take ourselves a two minute break, uh, get some water, uh, I'm going to find my wallet so I can gift uh, Cuphead to Tanya, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to be right back after this.
1: Hey, Spawn On Me listeners, this is the crew of The Optional Podcast, coming to you each week from New York City, where we host a show all about the latest in video games and entertainment. Our podcast is on a mission to highlight more voices of color in games media.
3: We represent those who love the art form but don't fit in with the gamer status quo.
1: So be sure to check us out at TheOptionalPodcast.com. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube. We're not your typical gaming podcast. This is video game commentary for the
0: rest of us. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 205 of the Spawn on Me podcast. Again, I'm your host, Khalif Adams, joined with Tanya DePass and Sharif Jiggy Chiki Jackson, Uh, Coming to you live from Bracago, Yeah, we have a lot of cool stuff, Uh, again, uh, at the back end of the show. One of the things that, again, has been taking up massive amounts of our time. We talked about this on the last, maybe even two podcasts or two episodes about Overwatch League and how Overwatch League has kind of taken over at least my life (laughs) in in terms of watching everything that I possibly can. Uh, But there, as in most sports, is going to be some kind of issue with the way that people have been interacting with both the audience and with the players. Um, so reef want to dig into the overwatch issue of, of the day. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I
1: mean, you know, um, overwatch league, um, what's been discussed on the show so far, um, is the fact that, you know, they made some really large numbers. Um, arguably they said greater than Thursday night football during their launch. Um, well, 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 d- the online streams of Thursday Night Football, I should say, not the TV ratings. Um, and you guys also last week talked a bit about, you know, the diversity problem, the fact that there's no women on any of the eight teams. Um, and that, you know, Bl- Blizzard is a company um, that prides itself on diversity. Overwatch is a game that prides itself by having different heroes, different body types, by having, like, their lead character be a woman in, in a in a tracer. Um, who I also believe is queer as well. Um, so so like uh, they're you know, so they pride themselves on this. So the fact that you know that their teams don't have any women is just bizarre. And it's not just that they don't have them, but the fact that uh, some of the statements that were made by some of the managers were basically like some statements that people were making when Jackie Robinson was breaking into the league, like, <laughs> oh, it's gonna yeah. mess with our team cohesion. And uh, we don't know if the league is ready and all this, all this kind of just bullshit. Um, so that stuff is still going on. And as much as I watch the stuff, I almost, I don't know. It's like, I face this thing where I'm like, do I just not watch? Like, do I, do I watch it? Because maybe they'll, they'll be like, well, people are watching anyway. So, you know, maybe it's not th- that big of a deal. So it's, it's a struggle that I deal with a lot. But, um, <clears throat> Um but um, the uh, specific article that I posted was about Overwatch's personality problem, right? So they talk about um, number one, the diversity issue. N- number two, there was there was recently a, a player that got suspended because he made fun of another player that was uh, gay and you know and sh- and basically shouted some slurs on Mike in his direction and they mm-hmm. suspended him, which I liked like they find him and suspended him immediately, which I feel like is longer than it takes the NBA and NFL to do things. Um, you know, it's <laughs> true. Um, I didn't think about that. Um, yeah. And, and they talk about the overall kind of personality, personality thing, how to sell esports in general, you have to kind of be like the Olympics where you have to get people invested in the individual players, where they came from, what their passions are, like you need some like like obviously they all have like nicknames because they're because they're gamers, but but you know getting people more involved with their journey, and that's something that I feel like they still sh- struggle with, especially when some of the better players, as most of the Blizzard games are are are, are Korean, you know, so you have mm. like the language barrier and the translators don't always do a great job. And like, you kind of lose that raw emotion during the interviews. Um, So, you know, obviously like the league is very, very early. Right. Um, But I like that. They're talking about these, like uh, issues. I do think that the issue with no women is just bullshit that needs to be handled immediately. Um, And like, I don't even mean in terms of like, we need to get people right now, but like they need to be making at least some statements that say, Hey, we are about this and we need to fix, you know, like we need to fix this. Like it needs to be a, a a priority. Our, our league needs to represent the, you know, the actual competitive player base. And right now, right now it, it uh, does not, you know? Um, so what do you, what do you guys think about like personality? Not only in like a Overwatch, but in eSports in general, do you think that it is, you know um, that it will be a, a challenge to like kind of sell these esport athletes the same way that you would sell like an Olympic athlete. And and do you do you, do you think that like so, so, so some of the kind of game you know quote unquote gamer talks such as the slurs and you know misogynistic like remarks and like that kind of stuff that they use as excuses to. Say well, this is why we can't have like uh, more like diversity. Do you think that that are actual challenges that can be solved, or do, or do you think they're insurmountable? So I'll, I'll I'll start with Ka this
0: time. What do you think? Interestingly, interestingly enough, the place that I see that being a really interesting peek into, um, besides just the Overwatch League with the you know the obstacles that you kind of talked about and, and shared. Um, the place that I was thinking about even more that needs to be able to kind of make that leap is with a newer league as well the NBA 2k league that's gonna be starting fairly soon they're gonna be doing their um, uh, their kind of tryouts uh, in the next couple of months and if you have paid any attention to uh, the streamer base that's in that community specifically um, it's rife with not great language and, you know, with it, and, and just interestingly enough, being a predominantly uh, POC centered community that plays that game um, with folks who are um, uh, especially in black and brown uh, communities as well, hip hop culture adds a layer to it. That is not something that a lot of NBA teams have wanted to cater themselves to. They've kind of wanted to shun that stuff and move away from it in, in various ways. So I can totally see there being some point when 2K, uh, unless it's on like a tape delay, and they'll probably do a tape delay, where uh, I can see somebody being like, yo, that nigga did such and such and blah, blah, blah. And then they're going to freak the hell out. Like, there's going to be a moment where some of that stuff leans itself into it, and then they're not going to know what to do. And I wonder what their things are going to be at that point. Because, again, it's like personality driven. If you have people who are going to be representatives of not only the 2K League, but also that being a subset of the actual NBA, it's going to be really interesting to see how they deal with all those kind of crossovers and what that Venn diagram of hip hop culture, uh, urban culture, uh, all those things kind of mashed up together uh, are going to look like. So I think they have an even bigger hurdle to think about in comparison to even what Overwatch League has. So that's going to be real interesting. Tanya, what do you think?
2: You know, if Blizzard is going to tout itself as like, oh, we want people to be better and, and play nice, they need to really crack down on it. You know? Yeah, it's one thing when we're talking shit with our friends because I have the foulest mouth when I'm playing multiplayer <laughs> more than usual. Um, what? But when it's me and my friends... And we are friends, and we can say that. We know no harm, no falks, We're just talking shit while we're playing Division or Overwatch or whatever. Um, that's one thing. But you, this is a professional sports league. You want me to pay money, do whatever, to watch these people play Overwatch. And if you want to tout yourself as, like, you know, so diverse and whatever, there's sportsmanlike conduct that you should be enforcing. These are people that hmm. have signed big money contracts to play a video game professionally. And, you know, reading the article, dude knew what he said was wrong because they, they mentioned how he had that split second. Oh, shit. What did I just say? Yep. Um, yep. Then if he realized it was wrong, he got fined, he got suspended. There should be kind of a, you want to be the gold standard, you have to hold your players up to it
1: exactly um mm-hmm.
2: because when we you know when we're on twitch or a mixer whatever or if i'm just like we're on you know on voice chat and it's us i can say shit to y'all or to my friends my other friends that <laughs> i would never dare say to someone if i was streaming So let's be real even streaming right. people kind of forget themselves there are some people i'm just like yep Ooh, did you forget you're broadcasting to hundreds of people right now? Um, <laughs> so I think there's a conduct, there should be a code of conduct and it should be held up. Because you want people to cheer for these folks, you want people to buy merchandise, you want them to feel good about it. But here's the thing, other than the coverage I've seen, I refuse to watch the Overwatch League because there's no women, there's barely any people of color. How are you going to have have Tracer as your fucking League logo? And not have any women. Be like, oh, wait your turn, whatever. No. You want me to buy your merch, play your game, buy your fucking loot box, invest emotionally in this league like it's, you know, other sports, then give me that representation that you're touting in every other way. So until there are actually women, the fact that you're excluding one of the best Overwatch players ever as a, as a female player, that tells me you don't actually care. This is, this is not about... The best, then, is if you're going to give me some bullshit excuse as to why you don't have any female players, not a lot of people of color, nah, nah. Because I, I was playing before the show, yeah. and it's like, I'm not giving you my time and attention if you can't give me that rep that you're so proud of.
0: And that was, I, man, that that statement alone just, like, blew me away. Because I didn't, I didn't put those two things together really quick, and it's so mm-hmm. true. Like, Tracer is literally the mascot, like, yeah. the, the silhouette of the league. And it's when so, dropping knowledge, I feel like I feel like I feel like that was a that was a good joint where right after you said that the whole rain reading rainbow <laughs> should have just came up. See, This, <laughs> way you gotta, you. this is why you got to get a stream great.
2: deck so you can like have those reactions on deck.
0: Yeah, sure. Oh, man. I know I have it. I just don't know how to make I'll, it. I'll cool work stuff. with you. Anyway. Anyway. I'll get you right. We got to figure it out. We got to figure it out. Upgrade. My you. question. My question. Upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> for real. For real. My question to both of you is, Okay, so we we see that they are not doing what they're not doing that part of the game. Right. And they haven't really figured out. They do it in in terms of their uh, presentation. But I wonder, do you think that with this new kind of uh, uh, uptake in esports becoming something that's bigger, uh, something that's getting more prevalent and people are putting money and effort and and um, resources behind, do you think that there's going to be a level of media training that's going to be pushed into this that we haven't seen before? Do you think that's going to be something that's going to be a part of just the normal thing that we see? Or is this going to be something that people are going to have to specifically ask for when they find themselves getting to bigger stages with more people and more visibility? Uh, Reef, you jump in on that one.
1: Well, it depends on what you mean. Do you mean like is media training going to be like a something they look for when they recruit people or are they – because I think no, I think that they're going to recruit people that are the best that they can afford, mm-hmm. and then media train them. Um, right. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, a, again, as like uh, Tanya said, these are well paid. I believe they start at like fifty thousand dollars a year. They have health insurance. They have like, you know, there's a there's a like, you know, a good salary to play games. You know. Um, so if you want that salary, like Italian said, if you want to be part of the gold standard, you got to act that way. I don't think it's a lot to say, don't give a slur on camera. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, like, like I'm not asking for some crazy thing. I mean, and it's not like these guys have their mic audio broadcast 24 seven as they're playing. It's just like when they mic up NBA NFL players, they don't play the times when they curse. They just show you like the little thing where like, they say like, yeah, good job. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Um, they don't play the 95% of the time when these guys are cursing up a storm uh, up, up, up up and down the court. So I'm like, yo, just like, you know, I don't think you need media trained people. That's, that's never going to dominate over the skill, but you need to media train people when they're in. And if they mess up, you gotta hit them hard. Suspend yeah. them, fine them. Don't make it like some small thing, you know. I mean, I believe the I do got fined four thousand dollars. I believe it was, and yeah. sorry, no, it was a a two thousand dollar fine on fifty thousand dollars. That's actually quite a hefty fine if you're yeah. making fifty, and that's gross. Like you know what I mean. Mm. Um, so so you know so you. Got to hit them hard, and you have to. Everybody has to be united on the management side that this is not what our league is going to
0: stand for. What do you, what do you think, Tanya, about the uh, media training side of all that this? That
2: should be part and parcel mm. of the whole thing.
0: Because, mm.
2: again, you have a AAA company sponsoring you, you're out there as their gold standard, and they're, this is the best of the best who plays our game. Most of these people don't have to think about what they say in the media. They're used to sitting there trash talking with their friends, which is how we got in the situation. Now the spotlight's Mm. on them. Now they have to be personalities. And nobody probably trained them for that. So that should be part and parcel. You sign this contract a week before you actually go live, you're going to sit here and have media training. You're going to learn how to respond to questions. You're going to learn how to respond in a way that doesn't embarrass Blizzard or yourself. I think mm. it should be part of it. And actually anybody who's front facing, like all these bigger streamers who you see them give interviews or they act the way they do on their stream. And you just go, mm-hmm. "Hmm, I just kind of wonder how you got where you are. If you don't know how to actually answer questions and not sound like you're on COD with your boys at midnight after y'all been smoking and drinking all night in an interview.
0: Hmm. The, the interesting part about that is to see people who do act like that and still get the shit that they want and go with, and companies still right. support them and still give them money and still give them airtime and all I this mean, other stuff.
2: because let, let's, <laughs> right. Razor. Yeah. <laughs> but let's, but also let's other look people. at, you know, at Twitch. I'm going to pick on Twitch, even though I love the platform and we're using it right now. Look at the ratio of people right. of color that are partners. Look at the black women that are partners.
0: Well, Snoop is a partner now, so that's and all that know matters, Snoop right? You
2: Snoop doesn't have that revenue button on there.
0: He doesn't need it. <laughs> exactly. They gave he, him partner status because just... of who he is. Oh yeah, yeah they yeah. totally did. Yeah,
3: he's that's what that's mad. He just there.
1: pretends to play games and and uh, smokes weed on uh, on air.
2: Hey, but he, he had. How and many I just want to say, play, uh, What is it? SOS.
0: Yeah, he had eighty thousand people. Like, okay, no bullshit whoever the folks who were working in rock and PR for SOS. Oh yeah. That's true. I got to give you the hats, hats off and salute because that was smart as hell. And everybody out there who on Twitter thought I was trying to snitch and narc on, on Snoop for asking a question. I wasn't trying to, was trying to narc on <laughs> what? Snoop. I hope you weren't was asking her. So I asked the question when, cause he came on and he had like 80,000 people. Um, and I was like, I was like, is this, is, like, smoking weed? Because he was just like, yo, I'm just, like, smoking the fattest blunt on, on freaking, uh, on air. And I was like, he's talking, I smoke, it's milky, niggy wiggy, smoking it." I was like, what are you talking about smoking all this weed on a thing? <laughs> and I was like, this is not, like, breaking terms of service anywhere? Like, can anybody from Twitch, like, tell me if, like, this is, like, a thing? Yeah, hey, I mean, it's, and it's legal in I California, have, like, man. And I had, and that was the thing, Reef. It was bugged out because I had half the people who were like, "Nah," who were reasonable. They were like, "No, it's like if you're, it's legal in your state, you can smoke as much weed on stream as you want." And then I had like this whole other bunch of people that was like, "Yo, Kai, stop, stop, stop snitching, Pete. <laughs> you stop, yo, stop being a narc, son." Then so why are you narking on Snoop, what? B? Like, how are you trying to nark on Snoop? I was like, I'm asking the question because I'm in Portland. How are so you how? narking? I might, I might puff out next how? show. <laughs> I might just be here just smoking on the next show. How are you narking nothing. on
1: someone broadcasting to 80,000
0: people? I don't understand right? How are you the same? Like, and it, like, and it wasn't the like snitch. the way I... It wasn't like I posed the question in, like, a way that was like, take Snoop off the air. I don't want to see this stuff because my children and children's children don't want to see this kind of drug use on the gosh darn TV. It wasn't like that. I was just like, yo, is this breaking terms of service? I just want to know. Because, shit, episode 206, I'm just going to be lit. (laughs) I'm going to be high. a motherfucker. On 206. It's going to be that. But... Oh my God, it's it's madness. I was just like, okay, Snoop just doing this thing. That was craziness. But uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, uh, I think Microsoft might have been high when they decided that they wanted to uh, give everyone their first party games uh, with the with the the game subscription Game Pass that they're doing. Uh, It seems like Game Pass uh, from Microsoft is going to be a thing. Uh, if you've already purchased your Xbox Live subscription, which means you're buying and playing for 60 bucks a year, uh, the ability to play on their service, um, there will be another subscription that you'll be able to purchase uh, called Xbox Game Pass, uh, which let's see, how much is it going to cost per month? 10 uh, it's going to be an extra 10, extra 10 bucks a month. Um, it's going to also be launching... Uh, in a 6 month subscription version as well for $60 a year. Um and you, and you can pay that up front if you'd like to. Which they said was in a weird way like it's going to be in special uh places. So like I'm thinking it's going to be maybe they'll do something with Amazon or with Oh, probably Best just buy be a gift card. Like it'll
1: it'll probably be any place you can buy gift cards. You can probably pick up.
0: Yeah. Something something to that effect. But the catch is that what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to play their first party games day 1. If you buy that game pass, so you'll be able to, if you have it, just download those games when they can when they come out, Yeah. which is huge. That's great. That's a huge get for them yes. on their side. I want to, I want to think of, I want to ask both of you, what do you think about, uh, this being a thing, uh, Tanya, I want you to go first.
2: Um, I think it'll be good and it's only $10 a month. Um, Cause honestly, like Xbox Gold isn't mm. an appeal for me. I keep paying it because there are some games where I want to play with folks. But if I can get Xbox Game Pass sixty bucks up front, granted it's gonna be sixty bucks for six months versus a year. But to get all these games unlocked, you know, I've already got EA access. So should I just get that kill EA Access? And be like, just give me everything. Um, right. But I I think it's good, but it's kind of like, do do we get into that weird question of, what's the profit loss and what what am I'm gaining a lot by getting first day access, on this pass program if I've just give them sixty bucks for six months. So right. where's the incentive to buy a brand new game? So that's what I'm like. Mm. Mm, it's 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 all I'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop. It feels too good to be true. I'm like, right. what, what's the catch? So
1: well, I, I mean, but I I I think you need to think about it though. That you're right that it does disincentivize you from buying those first party games on launch. But Microsoft can count on getting revenue every month from however many people buy it to it. That's something they could count on, budget and do all that stuff. So they're kind of giving up. These big spikes when the games come out, right, and kind of smoothing out those purchases. I mean, i th- i I can see it making sense in in that way.
2: Yeah, and th- I mean, we also got to consider all the backwards compatibility they've added in. I mean, honestly, I'm using my Xbox One more to play the 360 games that I haven't touched, and maybe I want to stream them because they're older games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's I, I'm still more of a ps4 person and and I know my buddies at Xbox are probably gonna give me that look when they see this um but it would get me to, to play my Xbox a lot more um and a lot of the first party games are games that you know maybe if i get an x1x I would upgrade to that but there's not a lot no. of first party mm-hmm. games that are like oh my god I gotta I gotta play my Xbox right now or or you know like for me it's kind of like for me, it's the equivalent of EA Access, but with first-party day one access.
0: Mm-hmm. The thing that I'm worried about and haven't heard anything said about is what happens if you decide to stop paying for your service. Do you lose those games or access to it? Yeah,
2: of course. I you mean, will. yeah,
0: that I mean, sucks. Like, I mean, it's like yeah, I bet, but I, but I'm suck? buying that's, into that's the service. Well, same
2: I thing with, so. with I mean, uh, PlayStation Plus. If I stop yeah. paying PlayStation Plus, those games go by.
0: Yeah, you lose all those games. Well, not the game. I mean, the, but you don't lose. You lose internet. I mean, you lose multiplayer access. You don't lose the ability to. Yes, play you do. That. I think you, you lose the games. That. You lose the In games. It really? warns you oh, yes. those,
2: When you download your PlayStation Plus games, it's like this game is yours oh. as long as you got a valid PS Plus subscription. Oh, yeah. So it's the same thing. Oh yeah,
1: that that the, oh, yeah yeah because right. yeah, because that happened to me when like, I got hacked. Um, and I lost my PS, my you know my primary console. M- my PS Plus games showed up with a lock on them, and, and when I clicked oh, on them to like a right. play, it, it said renew PlayStation Plus to access. Yep.
0: Damn it! That's so, true. That's true. So I,
1: I will say this, y'all. This is a tremendous idea.
2: Yeah. And uh-huh. uh... Now.
1: Now. How? no it's just What's
2: wallstormer made a point in the chat saying the differences with games with gold on xbox you keep those games
1: right oh yes right. yes yes, yes. Right. this is this is different from that so this i think is a game changer microsoft will not catch up with sony this generation but they gotta hit hard this is an amazing deal mm-hmm. you can buy a xbox one s one x whatever you can pay $120 a year and get acting and be able to play not only those day one uh, games like uh, Sea of Thieves and you know every four is in Gears and Halo and like all that stuff. But I'm looking at the catalogue of you can get you can do Bayonetta, you can do Deadlight, you can do Gears Four, you can do Resident Evil, you can do Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, and you can do a bunch of, of like 360 games as well, and some indie games, you know, like uh, Idarb um, and Layers of Fear, NBA Playgrounds, Limbo, Massive Chalice. I mean, I feel like this is like you could literally buy a system, pay 120, and have enough games to play, and that's it. As long as yeah. you, as long as you don't feel like you have to play everything, I think this is incredible. Like, there's no other system doing anything like this. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's amazing. And the fact that it also works with Play Anywhere titles as well. So this also works with PC games. So I don't own an Xbox, but I could pay the $10 a month and be able to download any game that has uh, a Windows version, basically. You know? Yeah. Which is crazy. I I think this is incredible. I think... Again, this is the kind of stuff that I think Microsoft was thinking about back when they were talking about the Xbox 1 back back around launch when like they were trying to sell it as this ultra connected and online and we'll be do all these crazy like prop, the the like pricing models and that stuff. They had to fall back on a lot of that stuff, but I think now we're finally seeing what they were go- going thing. If they had this early, even though mm. I still argue Sony has the better sort of first and second party catalog, I think this would have made a huge difference. This to me, is, I think, this is amazing.
0: I think this is game changing in a lot of ways and I agree with both of you. I My one demerit that I would give them or a thing that I would want them to do uh, differently with this program is, is as opposed to making it a secondary subscription model, I would have much rather this had been a level up on or a new tier of Xbox live that you would pay for. I think that to me would be a better valuation or a better value for most people who are in the space already to be like, yo, so you have Xbox gold. If you get like Xbox platinum, this is already, uh, 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 folded into it. You pay extra. You may, you maybe pay a little bit extra, uh, on the front end, but you keep those games. You do a lot of, you, you get a couple of other perks in it. Or that go along with it and i feel like it if you were marketing it that way it would be more attractive than trying to message this new subscription service when xbox consoles already have multiple uh, uh versions of subscription services that they want you to kind of jump in on with a ea access xbox live and now this so i i think it would make a lot yeah. of sense to bundle that
1: well stuff. i th- i think the reason why they decided not to do that, and I kind of agree with him on this, is because you don't need Xbox Live to have Game Pass. Now, obviously Mm -hmm. you need Xbox Live to do the multiplayer on any of the games that require it, but they're allowing you access to their servers to download these games infinite amount of times and all that stuff without gold, which is kind of crazy. I thought they were going to require gold for this, um, but I was reading up on it, and yeah, you don't need gold for it um so i think that's why they wanted to unbundle it because my guess right. is they have some metrics that show that there's a significant amount of people that don't have goal, which i know is crazy for us to imagine but right. if you think about how many different families have this console and some people just you know they just don't sign up for that stuff um you know so i think that they're looking for that they're thinking that there's enough people that can't convince you know um, maybe their parents or they don't want to spring for for like a gold and buying games, but they'll be like, hey, I can buy, I can play a bunch of single player games for
0: $10 a month, I'm down. Yeah, it you know? makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I want to see how this plays itself out and I want to see how people, the adoption rate for this is. It makes, it makes me more curious than I was before. Um, I'm lucky enough to have um, uh, one of the consoles and be able to, Uh, Play all that stuff, but I do wonder how this is gonna play itself out uh, with people who don't have to review stuff And don't want to you know, do all that kind of stuff as well if they feel like this is a good value for them Uh, But seeing just how many people are having so much fun with Sea of Thieves uh, Already this past week That feels like that's gonna be a home run for them uh, when that stuff comes out so uh, before we get up out of here we wanted to give reef and Tanya their chance to share some of their uh, uh, predictions for 2018 since they were not with us last week. Um, If you were familiar with the format, we kind of go things that you want to see in the world, and then we go real crazy and say what are the things you may uh, uh, think are pie in the sky kind of predictions and things that you may kind of want to jump into and say, who knows if that's going to be a real thing that happens, but I would love to see it. Um, so we're going to go around the table before we get up out of here. Reef, I want to hear some of your predictions for 2018. What is your kind of uh, uh, easy, easy, easy to, to get one or, or most most wanted one uh, for
1: 2018? Yeah, well, I, I don't know if it's necessarily easy to get. Um, but I think that the, um, <clears throat> the Xbox One X uh, gets an exclusive game. I know they said that the Xbox one X will not get exclusive games. I know they said that every game will be cross compatible, but my prediction is that, okay, maybe if it's not a game, some sort of exclusive feature on a game. And like, I'm not talking about four, you know, four K HDR. stuff. I'm talking about Mm -hmm. some sort of exclusive thing on the X that, that you literally cannot do on the regular Xbox one version. I think this year they're going to look for some way to distinguish it. Um, and I don't think that just the resolution and the HDR is enough. Um, and I think that they really do want to push that more like the most powerful console out there. I don't think they're getting that chance yeah, right now. Um, and I think come near the end of the year that like they're going to be like something that only only they could do on their system. You know, so interesting.
0: Interesting. That'll be that'll be cool. I wonder if that would be a thing. What would it be like? Overwatch having women and black people in it, only only on Xbox One. Wow.
2: wow. <laughs> no, see the problem. <laughs>
0: only time you see a stream, only time you see a stream on Xbox, that's the way you see all the diversity. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. But Tanya, what is what is one of your predictions for for twenty eighteen?
2: um <laughs> I think that we're going to get a hint or an announcement of the next PlayStation later in the year, maybe a PSX. Oh. A hint. Not not definitive, not you'll have it in your hand by X date, because Xbox has had a new iteration. Now, after the Xbox One, they have had the Xbox One S, and so now the Xbox One X. Sony has to do something. I've, I mean, I've still got my launch edition PS4, and it's still running. But it's been what four, five years, almost five years, this year. So I think we're mm-hmm. gonna get a hint of the next PlayStation console. Um, I don't think that's far fetched.
0: Okay, we're gonna run back to, to Reef. And what is your what is your pie in the sky? If you ruled the world, imagine that. I <laughs> have all my sons' uh, uh, prediction uh, for 2018.
1: I love them, love them, baby. That's my <laughs> prediction.
0: Um,
1: no diamonds and pearls for your new console. <laughs> so, so um, my my prediction is that Sony and or Microsoft will come out with new controllers that mimic the Nintendo Switch Joy-Con controllers. Ooh. Meaning, meaning they will they will be controllers that split in two. You can control independently. Um, and that have like the motion, you know, and like, and like all that stuff. Um, that's, that's my prediction. And i like, I don't mean these, these are going to be like third party things. I mean, they're going to be built by them. Um, and I think that, that, that's, that's what they're going to do. That's, you know, I can, I can see Microsoft kind of wrapping that in as an option for their elite controllers, You know, Mm -hmm. Um, and Sony, I don't believe, has anything comparable to the elite controls as of now. But they could roll that out as like a premium, customizable controller where part of that
0: customization is going to be Joy-Con like controllers. Damn, that would be fire. Actually, that's a really good prediction. Tanya, what is your pie in the sky? If you have whatever you want (laughs) in the video game world. If I could have
2: anything, I would want title and confirmation of voice actors
0: in the next dragon. Ooh. Okay. I dig that. It would be the whole cast of Black Panther. Look,
2: because they already, they already <laughs> hinted at going back to Cventer and we know that Cventer has the brown folks. So uh,
0: that would be, really okay.
1: So I did read that the, um, I don't know what his role was, but that the one of the main guys involved with the development of Bioware was heading up both Anthem and the Dragon Age like reboot. Well, it's is not that... a
2: reboot; it's be the next game.
1: Oh, I th- I thought they said it was like a re, like a like like they were going back to the like a remake or a reboot. I thought they were no. It's whatever okay. the next game well, is in
2: the series.
1: Because I'm just like, how are they going to develop both of these games like now, like? Like, if Anthem was coming out 2019, like...
2: My guess <laughs> like is, and this is just a, a guess based on stuff I've seen with the other games, is um, they probably were working on the next game as soon as the DLC, or even before the DLC for Inquisition wrapped.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, so my guess mm. is
2: that whatever's going on with Dragon Age probably is far more ahead than we would know as consumers. Cause remember they, there was that big push for hiring a while back, you know, and Mm -hmm. you need those people at a certain (laughs) point, excuse me. Um, and I think with Anthem being pushed back, I don't, and with Montreal basically closing down, one studio can't simultaneously develop two games, I'm guessing. So my guess is we'll see a lot more of Anthem at E3 and other places. And maybe holiday 2019, early 2020, Um, I'm sorry, holiday 2018, early 2019 will get something about whatever the next Dragon Age is. Um, That's my guess because that would fit more with kind of probably what's being developed because Anthem, even with the pushback to 2019, there's probably going to be something to show at E3 versus something for DA whatever. Those are my thoughts. I
1: can't wait to watch (laughs) your streams. I can't wait to watch your streams. So here's
2: the interesting thing. I don't do a lot of speculation streams. I don't do videos like that because on the one hand, whatever information I may get access to as someone in the, in the industry, it shifts. I mean, look at all the things that we see like a year later is totally different. So I, I'd never buy fan speculation or stuff like that where it's like, Here's my pie in the sky. I would love to see this. But an, I usually wait for what has come in, what is coming down the pike. Because, like, with Inquisition, there was so much speculation. And same with Andromeda. I had to kind of shut that out so I could actually enjoy the game when it came out.
0: I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. It's going to be really interesting to see how many of those things actually come to pass. Because I think that would be real funky if... I'm really excited about both of those about kind of figure out who's going to be voice acting uh, voice actors for the new game and for that possible split controller idea. I think that would be so dope. It would be so cool. So, so, dope. So thank you everyone for hanging out with us tonight. We're going to get up out of here in one second. Uh, I want reef to share the social media business with you all uh, so that you can know where to find all our good works. Sure uh spawn me. go to the website
1: check out the archive of all our shows check out our bios check out all the good stuff that we have on that site um you can find us mostly via social media on twitter and facebook those are both under spawn on me um and uh if you want to, sub- to subscribe to us uh, via the audio podcast you can go to itunes uh, Overcast all, all the places where you would normally Pick up a uh, audio podcast so, so Subscription To search for Spawn on Me And we're there as well As well as ESN.FM um, And if you're not already watching The video stream uh, We stream our show live on twitch.tv Slash Spawn on Me um, Every Thursday um, At 7.30pm Pacific 10.30pm Eastern um, and if you want to go above and beyond and support our efforts into, make, into, into making the best possible show, support our Patreon at patreon.com slash spawn on me um, help us to reach our uh, financial goals um, and receive access to our premium podcast, Spawn on Me After Dark, and our new political show, The Bur- the Bracago the
0: Beltway, um, if you support our Patreon. Word. Thank you, everyone, again, for listening to us this week and every week. Uh, We hope to see you here again on Twitch. Oh, and February 1st, be sure that you are here. Uh, We're going to be doing some cool stuff for Black History Month. Uh, We can't say exactly what, but we're going to be in the front page of Twitch uh, for our Thursday show on the 1st of February. So be sure that you're here. Support the show. Support the community and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's going to be dope. It's gonna be super, super dope. So again, thank you all. Uh, and we're gonna get up out of here and we say peace. Peace.